of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you are about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. You see, this morning I want us to consider a part of the Bible. Some words from the lips of Apostle Paul which I believe will be quite encouraging to us even today. But before then, let's pray. Father, take all the glory in the name of Jesus. We are gathered together in your presence and no one gets into your presence and leaves the same way. Father, bless your children this morning in the name of Jesus. Give me utterance in Jesus' name. Let your words come with power and let them come with precision. Let them affect every life that we hear. Let there be healings of bodies and healings of minds. Let there be salvation of souls. Let there be deliverance of Mount Zion. And above all, let your name be glorified. We give you all praises in Jesus' name. Amen. Our starting point today will be the book of Philippians in chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. From the pen of Apostle Paul. Praise the Lord. I'll read verses 13 and 14. This is how it reads. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind and if in anything you think otherwise god will reveal even this to you praise the lord you know every time i read this scripture i ponder how paul got to this place because um for him to say brethren i do not count myself to have attained, I mean, it will make anybody stop to think. Because we all know Paul to be a man mighty in exploits. I mean, in fact, he said that of all New Testament leaders, he was simply the greatest. In terms of the revelation of Jesus Christ, and no man beat Paul to it. We all depend on Pauline revelations today. So knowing so much and having come so much in demonstrating the leadership in the New Testament tenets to his generation, then one wonders what he meant when he said, Brethren, I do not count myself to have attained. For me, it's a very, very humble way to describe one's self-assessment. But again, it is genuine, as we're going to see in what we are looking at today. What I mean that he was sincere. Not that I have attained, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I push forward 
to the mark of the higher calling. Deducing from this, Paul is defining life in terms of a race. So he's using the race allegory to define life. So we are all in a race. Every living is in a race. And he didn't just stop there. He said this race is in three segments. The past, the present, the future. And what he was really saying again is this, that as long as you are alive, you haven't finished your race. No matter what you have achieved, no matter what you have suffered, you have not finished your race. You are still in the race. And so what will determine your outcome in the long run will be your attitude at any given time in the race. And so he said, let us into how he was running his race. He said, brethren, I do not count myself. Now, many may count me to have achieved, but I do not count myself to have attained it. But one thing I do, I forget those things behind. And I press, reaching forward to the things which are ahead. So what he's saying in effect is that my attitude in this race, at this point, has always been, and particularly now, is this. I have a perception of the past. I have a perception of the future. And that determines my today. So I forget. So if you think I'm a great achiever, you probably are right. But you see, I'll be a fool to get stuck on past glories. Because I still have more to do. On the other hand, if I have messed up in the past, if I have uh, failed in the past, if there are things in my past for which I'm ashamed of, the thoughts of them are enough to paralyze me. But they don't matter. They just do not matter. So what was Paul saying? I forget the past so that I can wholesomely pursue the future. Glory be to God in the highest. I looked at the Bible and I realized that this is fundamental to the kingdom. Hmm. Gospel according to St. Luke. In chapter 9, in verse 62, Jesus was teaching and some people had come to him to say, Master, we want to follow you. And he would tell them what to do. Then finally, one came and said, I would like to follow you. But I'd like to go back first to go bury my parents. In other words, he would go back and wait until the death of his parents and get them buried. It must have been a very cultural person. Then he would now come to follow Jesus. Jesus said, you know what? Let the dead bury the dead. <laughs> then he made this statement. He said, no one having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So you can begin to see that fundamental to the kingdom is that we don't let the past destroy our future. Glory be to God in the highest. And that was from the lips of Jesus Christ himself, the master, the one without whom anything was made that was made. 
He made all things. Glory be to God in the highest. I mean, going further, you'll go to Hebrews in chapter 10. The writer of Hebrews says something. Look at verses 38 and 9. I read, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I want to believe that it's getting clearer to you and I that in this life's journey, this life's race, there's only one direction, forward. There's no drawing back, no matter what. Glory be to God in the highest. Then 39 says, But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. That's why I said the just shall live by faith. And so what does faith do? Faith has a direction, forward direction, overcoming direction, achieving direction, ever conquering direction. Glory be to God in the highest. And so we begin to see that there's this pattern all over the place. Then somebody said, said that's what in management is termed rigorous commitment to a singular objective. In the kingdom of God, we muster all that we have towards a goal. And so our life journey is always towards a goal. If you observe from the scripture we started with, Paul said in verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So in other words, as an unbeliever, where I really attained, because if you go back just some few chapters, you see where I said, look, if it is zeal, I did more than anybody. <laughs> I was a Hebrew of Hebrew. I mean, he was a doctor, he was a lawyer, he was a politician, he was a national leader. I mean, he had attained so much. As an unbeliever, he was a great achiever. And so, he had a goal at the time. But as a believer, he now realized that there are superior goals. So what am I saying? Don't let the goal you set for yourself 10 years ago become the end of your life. And that's why still buttressing this principle in the kingdom, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation, all things are passed away. I mean, forgotten and done with. All things are new. All things have become new. Now, there are two ways, like we rightly said, that this past can be a bit of a problem for us. The first one for the great achiever is that he thinks that's the end of life. But someone said that success is never final and failure is never fatal. As long as there is life, there will be more opportunities for greater achievements. And that's exactly what we are saying today. Now, remember the story of Lot and his wife. Remember Lot was Abraham's nephew. Lot was a blessed man. Lot had means. He had power. But God was out to punish the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. Where Lot got himself to, out of greed <laughs> and strife. And now Abraham had interceded and had secured a release for Lot. So when the angels came to town, the angels that would destroy the city, Lot saw them and welcomed them, took them in. But the wickedness of people was so much, the abomination was horrible that they came troubling, I mean, Lot, 
that they will want to have intimacy with the men that just came in. Lot went as far as saying, look, I have virgin daughters here to give you. No, 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 they want the men. Sodom and Gomorrah. It got so bad that they would break the door to go get the men for themselves. That the angels now had to get up and call for blindness and they all went blind. They became blinded. And so the angels got out and told Saul, in verse 17, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. But this is where I'm stressing. Escape. Do not look behind you. And so they left in a hurry, and they started running. You know the rest of the story? The Bible says, of Lord's wives, that she could not take her mind off Sodom. Why? The opulent life that they had lived, the entertainment of Sodom, the fashion and the lights of Sodom, she just couldn't. The more they moved forward, the more she looked backwards. The problem was not just that she turned back. No. Her whole being was turning back. The Bible says she turned back and she became a pillar of salt. You cannot be running forward and be looking back at the same time. If you look back, you temporarily stop or truncated your moving forward. Looking backward truncates your forward movement. And besides, I don't see where I'm going. The chances that I will stumble and fall is greater. So for any man who is running and looking backwards, you may fall. You will definitely never get to where you're going. Like I'm saying, it is clearly the fundamental principle of the kingdom. Again, I'll give you an example. Remember the children of Israel? Hallelujah. Remember what happened at the Red Sea? And even beyond the Red Sea, every time there was a problem, in spite of all God had done, the big miracles and signs and wonders of Egypt that brought them out. The moment they got to the Red Sea, guess first, the first thing they said, are there no graves in Egypt? Hear how Dr. Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, reported this situation. Acts chapter 7, verse 38. It says, This is he, talking about Jesus, who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel, who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us, whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected, and in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. Did you hear that? Now, God was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land that God has prepared, and they knew that God will not mince word. They knew that God meant what he said. They saw the miracles of their escape from Egypt. They saw how overnight they became the most wealthy. They became the most free, the strongest. And now, because of a little hindrance, the Bible says, they turned back in their hearts. So in other words, they were just walking zombies. They were back to Egypt. Isn't that what we do a lot of times? The moment you don't, you don't have a presence where you are, you are somewhere else. And how do you know a very intelligent person? A person with a very, very good presence. They're able to focus and get things done excellently and in good time. Leaning on the past, we always cause a problem. 
their problem is easily explained. In fact, on one occasion, they said, come on, are there no graves in Egypt? That our corpses will be littered, will now litter the wilderness? At the time, they said, oh, look, we relish the cucumber, the garlic of Egypt. So they were longing for this. And that's the problem. Have you ever heard people say, oh, those good old days, I remember the good old days. There's nothing wrong with good old days as it were. But what becomes your attitude in the matter becomes very important. In fact, someone said, let the past be your lesson. The future, your motivation. While the present is your engine room. So we learn from the past. And we improve on our failures. Or we correct our wrongs. We improve on our successes. To launch into a better and brighter tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I believe strongly that one of the reasons that God created the system the way it is is to always give us a yesterday to inspire our tomorrow, to inspire our ability today and our motivation for tomorrow. And that's why the Bible says that, look, all these things are recorded in the Bible as examples for us who are living at this end time. So all, about all the things in the history of the church, in the history of, the, of faith, they are there, not just because we want to learn history, but to learn from and then do better going forward. This reminds me of the story of David. David, the psalmist of Israel, wonderful character. The one of whom God said, a man after my own heart. Hallelujah. But David fell at a time. David committed sin. David was caught up in an adulterous situation. And as if that wasn't bad enough, he murdered the husband of the woman. He abused his office to oppress his subjects. And God was angry. But you see, the thing about David was this. He genuinely repented. And that would make me say something about repentance. Repentance is complete U-turn. Repentance is, look, I regret what I've done. It's hurting that I've done that. I receive grace. I will not do it again. Help me, God. That's repentance. And that's why I will say to myself and say to people that, check through the Bible. Can you find a second time that David made the same mistake? No. All right? And so what am I saying? He genuinely repented, and because he did, he was restored. Still stressing this fundamental principle of the kingdom, that no matter your past, God still has a future for you. And your attitude towards your past will determine how far you go into the future. Did you see David there? Did you see the terrible thing that happened to him? It threatened his life. It threatened his throne. It threatened his destiny. But repentance. First John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. And so, the devil cannot continue to accuse us of what went wrong yesterday when we have genuinely repented. Repentance is a force that knocks away the accusation and the imprisonment of the very offense of yesterday. No wonder all things become new when a man becomes born again in Christ Jesus. That's why you don't let the devil continue to accuse you of your past. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Who live not after the flesh, but in the spirit. They are now in him. They live now not in the flesh, but in the spirit. 
the devil always come back to try to pull you back to the past. He will always point you to your past, to your failure, to your losses, to your fears, to the shame and the ignominy of the past. But because of the blood of Jesus, everything is new. We have a glorious future. And that's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God. And that's the beauty of Christianity. And I'm here to say to someone, I don't know where you've been. There's still a great future for you in the name of Jesus. I know we've been through some trying times. And many have lost people. My prayer is that we will lose no more in Jesus' name. And that um, God will help us bring this to an end as quickly as can be in the name of Jesus. But some have lost people. And today you see them sit down probably saying, Oh, I wish I didn't do this. What if I did not leave? What if I had stayed? The truth is that we commiserate with you, truly. But we want you to understand in the name of Jesus that the past is gone and there's nothing you can do about it. The future is still coming. So rise up in the name of Jesus. Forget the past. We are not saying that that didn't hurt. But forget the past. God still has a future for you. And there are some who, of course, your business is totally collapsed and out. And a lot of times they will be telling you, look, Life is not worth living anymore. Kill yourself. Come on. That would be very foolish of any person to do. How did you get to where you were before? Was it not the same God that raised you up, that raised you up and brought you to where you were? And has anybody told you that he has gone to bed? He still rules the future. And in the kingdom, the fundamental principle is that we move forward and we move forward improving and getting mature and becoming more glorious as we go. There is still a future for you. In fact, somebody said, mm -hmm. what a wonderful thought it is that some of the best days of our lives are yet to happen. What a wonderful thought. The best days of our lives are still there. Remember in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, it says, but the path of the just is like a shining light. So regardless of what you have lost in the past, hey, beginning from now, it can only get better and better. Hear the scripture. But the path of the just is like a shining sun. And it shines even brighter onto the perfect day. So it keeps on shining brighter. No matter how good today may be, tomorrow will be better. That's the word of God. That's the promise of God. That's the way the kingdom is made. But the unfortunate thing is that if you don't understand it and you don't leave expecting it, it doesn't happen because the just shall live by faith. The same just whose path shines as a light I mean, as light and as shines brighter, is expected to live by faith, full of divine expectation or expectation of the fulfillment of the divine promises of God. Glory be to God in the highest. And so let me go back to David. So what did David do? He got, he repented and God forgave him. You will never hear David in years later stay and be regretting, cowering backwards when he should take action because of what happened some years back. No, 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 no. God dealt with that and God caused him to forget it. Someone said, regret is an appalling waste of energy. You can't build anything on it. It's only good for wallowing in. Here Joseph, he said, God has caused me to forget the pains of my father's home. If you don't forget the pains of your father's home, Joseph, you will never be a ruler today. Joseph, if you didn't forget the wickedness that your brethren, I mean, brought upon you, you won't be ruling today. In fact, you'll never get to a place where you become the leader. 
Joseph, if you never forgot what Potiphar's wife did to you, how she seduced you and almost truncating your destiny, and because you stood on good moral ground, she told a lie on you, and you are given some kind of misjudgment, and you were imprisoned even on a death row. But see where you are today. If you don't forgive and forget that, hey. So, really, a lot of times I'm amazed when in the church we have people who were abused in the past before they got born again we have people who lost some dear dear valuable things in the past before they got born again but now you are born again you are in christ jesus and honest your path is now leading with some good opportunities which will bring about greater glories but they still stayed there and they are still regretting the fact and they are still feeling sorry for themselves for what some uncle or some aunties did to them for some properties which some great uncle stole from them 40 years ago. Please wake up. You don't need that. There are glorious things in your future in the name of Jesus. Glorious things in your future. That's the pattern of the kingdom. That's what the kingdom is all about. That's how God has stationed the kingdom to be. Hallelujah. So I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. You know what Joseph said? Name me one of his sons. He said, God has made me forget the troubles in my father's house. <laughs> To continue to hold on to that trouble will mean destroying very beautiful future. You know about this trouble? How his brothers sold him into slavery? How his brothers almost killed him? How in Potiphar's house, the wife of Potiphar almost destroyed him because he wanted to have an amorous affair with him. But because of his own faithfulness to God, he refused. Facing his future with determination, he was thrown into jail death through as a matter of fact because that was where he met the baker and the, and, the, and the butler the baker was killed so he was in the death row but had joseph carried that on his mind had joseph been going back and meditating on that he would never have ruled the world paul says forget the past glory be to god in the highest a greater tomorrow is awaiting you so whatever you have lost because of the trying times we are in, greater ones are awaiting you in the future in the name of Jesus. That is just the kingdom. I'm not just talking you happy. This is what I see in the Bible. Glory be to God in the highest. Let me try and bring this to a close. Going back to our opening text. Brethren, I do not come myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. If we are going to reach the things which are ahead, if we are going to conclude our race on earth, if we are going to fulfill our assignments, we just have to learn to forget the past. We just have to. Like I said, Paul said, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 says, But what things were gained to me, that I have counted loss for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish dung that I may gain Christ. So, for Paul to attain to this goal of the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, he forgot the past. So, I don't know where you have, you have made it before. I don't know where people are looking at you and saying, do you remember that man? 
and you feel sad when they do that, you should rejoice because what's ahead of you is better than what is behind you in the name of Jesus. Now I can understand why Paul would say, I would rather glory in my infirmity. Ooh, what does that mean? What has, that, what has that got to do with this? He said, because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So when now it looks like, oh no, I can't move, but I am in him, and the part of righteousness is a shining light, I know there are greater things in my future in the name of Jesus. So I want to say this quickly. Regardless of where you have come from, regardless of what has led to where you are today, remember that today is the engine room inspired by your glorious yesterday for a much greater tomorrow. And where do you get it to happen? Now. Paul said one thing I do in the present. Forget the past. I press forward. So my present is so consumed with leaping forward. And I won't let the past, whether good or bad, become a hindrance in the name of Jesus. I'm saying to someone here, your best is still ahead of you in the name of Jesus. Some may say, it can never happen again. But I'm telling you, as a child of God, it will happen again and again and again. But it depends on your attitude towards the past and the future. The Bible is clear about the future. The just shall live by faith. And the Bible is clear about the past. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me? And Paul is, is demonstrating to us here. Say, I forget the past. I press to the future. It's time to start pressing to the future. In conclusion, let me just talk about the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says of him in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. The Bible says of us to look unto Jesus. But what led to that? In Hebrews 11, we have a catalog of heroes. Those who have run this race and have excelled. And we are giving so many examples from Abraham to Sarai to David to Isaac. Uh, just name them. Then we cross over to chapter 12. I hope you know that in the scrolls, there were no chapters and uh, verses. These were put there just to allow us for ease of references as we read. So continue. said, therefore, we also in 12 verse 1, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud, and indeed a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the thing which does so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Again, you see Paul saying, life is a race. So when he says lay aside, what he's saying is, don't get distracted. And distractions will only come majorly in this race from the past or unnecessary anxiety about the future. So don't let the past, whether good or bad, disturb you. Your future is golden. Your future is beautiful. Looking at this, I've come to a conclusion. I will always let my past inspire me to motivate me to my future. The Bible says of Jesus Christ, having told us that we should be looking unto Jesus again, that's the same thing. Please keep a focus, as it were. And like I said, in the words of um, Zig Ziglar, let it be a rigorous commitment to a singular objective. Your future is a singular objective. You're making it through in life is a singular objective. Here, Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, 
He said, look, I'm ready to go. He said, but you know what? I've finished my race. Did you hear that? And I see that wasn't the ultimate goal. He said, but now there's left for me a crown. So at the end of this glorious end, there's still another end. This is the only race that you run and never stop running. It crosses life boundaries. You're running from here, you're running right into heaven, and in heaven you continue to have a good time. Hallelujah. So the Bible says of Jesus, we should be looking unto Jesus. Now look, look at what it says about him. The author and the finisher of our faith. Again, everything just points to the same thing. He flagged us up. He flags us to start. And he's waiting to determine how we end. So our focus should be at the end point where he's standing. He's no more where he started us. He started us and is waiting right there. And in glorious name, he's, even, he's running with us. And yet he's waiting there. Because he will never leave us to forsake us. So look, everything points to the fact that the path of the righteous is as a shining light. And it shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect ending. I say your tomorrow is better than your yesterday in Jesus' name. Regardless of what you think you suffered, regardless of how discouraged you may be today, please listen to me. There is a greater tomorrow for you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, Who for the joy that was set before him. Can you see the same principle there? For the joy that was set before him. God, I mean, look, even with Jesus, the, the finishing point was ahead. And you could see it. And because of that, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Glory be to God in the highest. No one had said in him was light and the light was the life of men and the light shines in the darkness and darkness could not stop it. Nothing will stop you in the name of Jesus. I said nothing will be able to succeed in stopping you in the name of Jesus. You've started a good race. You will finish well in the name of Jesus. But you see, you've got to know this Jesus to be able to run this race like you should run it. See why Paul said, I forget the past. He said, for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus. Or for the excellency, yeah, of knowledge of Jesus. And here the same Paul addressing us. He said, we should lay aside every weight and the sin that does easily beset us and continue to look unto Jesus. The same thing. Now, if you don't know this Jesus, how can you recognize him to look unto him? So it starts with the relationship, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why we always tell Christians, I tell people that Christianity is not just a religion, it's a relationship. It's a family affair. Now I want to pray for anybody who is sick in the body or in the mind. The Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. Deliberately he paid a price for all sicknesses and diseases. You say, but sometimes when you pray, I don't get anything. No, 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 you always get something. It's that you get an instant healing. Or God will orchestrate you to the right doctor that will be able to diagnose exactly what's wrong with you. And hey, whatever way, I want to pray that you become whole in the name of Jesus. So if you stretch your hands towards your screen, Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe and that's why we do this. Indeed, by your stripes we are here, Lord Jesus. And I may be here and they may be there virtually. But you sent your word and they healed the sick. So I said, now let the sick be healed in the name of Jesus. Whatever is wrong with your system, let there be solutions. Let there, let there be solutions for it. Whether miraculously or through doctors or nurses, let there be solution in the name of Jesus. So you write me back in the name of Jesus, sharing your joy of healing. I want to be part of it. It is well with you in the name of Jesus. Any sickness and nursing in your home, we call them healed in the name of Jesus.
and those who are down with COVID, we pray for your healing in the name of Jesus. We pray that God will give your handlers the wisdom to handle you. We pray strength into your system and we come against the fear of death. We rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. We say, rise and be healed in Jesus' name. Now I decree the peace of God over your life and over your household in the name of Jesus. I said, let the joy of the Lord from today govern you, rule your fears in Jesus' name. It is well with you, well with your household. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. PO Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you.